the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored True Incorporated. Today on Know the Truth from Philip DeCourcy. When it comes to riches, Solomon argued that more is not better. But when it comes to human relationships, Solomon argues more is better. Two are better than one and three are better than two. We need to hear that, don't we? As a culture, as a church, as a community, we need to deepen our relationships. That's the path to life. Bible is filled with stories about relationships, David and Jonathan, Paul and Silas, Adam and Eve, to name a few. Well, today we'll find out that you and I were actually created to build relationships. Welcome to Know the Truth. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and today Philip DeCourcy begins the final message in a study of Ecclesiastes 4. So what about you? Do you have people you can count on in good times and bad? Philip is talking about the value of these relationships. It's a message titled, Only the Lonely. I hope you've discovered by now that life is a three-legged race. Your success in life is tied to your ability to walk and work with other people. You need to keep in step with the truth that you cannot become all that God has made you to be by yourself or on your own. The fact is this. God has made it so that if you and I are to become our full selves... We cannot do it by ourselves. According to the book of Genesis, our true humanity only exists in dynamic society. No man, no woman is an island unto themselves. If we go back to the uh, account of the creation, we realize that God himself is a social being rather than a solitary being. When God sets out to make man and woman, we read, let us... Speaking of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let us make man after our own image. God is not a solitary being. He exists in society. He exists in community. And therefore, as we bear his image, we cannot bear it as an individual. The image of God must be born by man and women together. That's what comes out of the Genesis account. Human personhood, like divine personhood, is defined in relational terms. C.S. Lewis, he found this out in in quite an interesting way. He had enjoyed a friendship with uh, two men, one by the name of Roland and another by the name of Charles. And sadly, Charles passes away. And and C.S. Lewis concludes that maybe with Charles' absence, he would get to enjoy an even richer relationship with Roland. But if you read about this in his book, The Four Loves, C.S. Lewis finds out the opposite to be true. 
He found out that he really didn't enjoy Roland more with the absence of Charles. In fact, that relationship was diminished, hamstrung, curtailed by the absence of Charles. Listen to him. Far from having more of Roland, having him to myself, now that Charles is away, in each of my friends, there is something that only some other friend can fully bring out. C.S. Lewis learns that life is a team sport. Created by God, we are born into relationships and destined to fulfill our greatest potential in and through relationships. That's why you and I need to be reminded, and Ecclesiastes 4 will remind us, that after food and clothing and shelter, the next basic need for any human being is to engage in a good and growing relationship. And we need to be reminded of that. Ironically, we live in a culture in which many people scrupulously monitor their cholesterol intake, their calorie count, but at the same time are blithely ignorant of the relational life and its importance. According to scientists, and they've done the research, our physical health is affected detrimentally by the absence of relationships as much as obesity smoking, high blood pressure, and a lack of exercise. It figures, doesn't it? We were made after the image of God who exists in community. Therefore, you and I cannot be our true selves by ourselves. We will live um, a diminished life if we live it apart from enriching relationships with others. You want to become a full person? Love someone else. Because you'll find your true self in the company of others. Divine personhood is defined in relational terms. And human personhood must be defined in relational terms also. So here we come in to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And that's the very thing that Solomon reinforces. Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 has argued and looked again at another frustrating aspect of life. And... It is this, that this world can prove to be a very cold and lonely place. Ask the victim of oppression. Ask the career executive who sits alone in his office late into the night. Ask the politician who has just stepped out of the spotlight and into the shadows. Those people are presented to us in Ecclesiastes 4, and we've already looked at that fact. So given that reality, Solomon slips into a conversation then about the benefits of friendship. This world can be a very cold, dark, and lonely place. Therefore, is it any wonder that Solomon would say to us in verse 9, two is better than one. In fact, he'll go on by the end of verse 12 to say three is better than two. So I want to come back into this passage and look at verses 9 through 12. If you've been with us in our study of Ecclesiastes and certainly our exposition of chapter 4, you'll, you'll have noted with me that there were four causes we recognized in terms of loneliness. Loneliness caused by cruelty, loneliness caused by covetousness, loneliness caused by circumstances, loneliness caused by crowning. There were four causes to loneliness as outlined by Solomon. But I want to look at two cures for that loneliness. Two cures. One is explicit and one is implicit in terms of the Hebrew text. The first cure is human friendship. 
human friendship. Loneliness is offset through satisfying, sanctifying human relationships and friendships. That's the message of chapter 4 and verse 9 following. Two are better than one. Solomon has described a world burdened by oppression, exhausted by work, a world marked by fleeting popularity. And to face such a world, to survive such a world, to thrive in the midst of such a world, Solomon argues that you and I need to face that world with its oppression, exhausting work and fleeting popularity. We're to face it in the company and in the comfort of other people. When it comes to riches, more is not better. We saw that in verse 6. Better a handful with quietness than both hands full together with toil and grasping for the wind. Solomon made an argument that less is better when it comes to material things. Less is more. So when it came to riches, Solomon argued that more is not better. But when it comes to human relationships, Solomon argues more is better. Two are better than one and three are better than two. We need to hear that, don't we? As a culture, as a church, as a community, we need to deepen our relationships. That's the path to life. And in fact, in verses 9 through 12, Solomon presents to us several benefits of buddying up in life. Let me outline them quickly for you. Begin at verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. That's benefit number one. Working in tandem with others makes us more productive. We, we accomplish more. That's just a fact. This is what the business world would call the principle of synergy. And the famous illustration is of two horses. One horse is attached to a sled. And on the back of the sled, it pulls 10,000 pounds worth of material. The second horse is attached to a sled. And it's able to pull 14,000 pounds worth of material. Then they harness those two horses together. Now you would conclude that together, having pulled 10,000 and 14,000 pounds worth of material, that together they would pull at least 24,000. But when those two horses were attached and harnessed together, they pulled 49,000 pounds worth of material. That's synergy. We escalate our potential in life when we're harnessed to others in enriching relationships. That's just a fact. Solomon acknowledges that. What was true way back then is true today. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Here's the second benefit. Working with others proves a help in time of trouble. Verse 10, For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. The picture here is probably of the traveler, because to travel in those days was was rather dangerous. There was no streets, no streetlights, no flashlights. So when you walked on trails, frequently you, you, you followed the edge of ravines and people could easily stumble. According to Genesis 14 verse 10, the hazard of asphalt pits are mentioned. Jesus acknowledges in Luke chapter 6 and verse 39, how can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? There were ravines, there were pits. All sorts of dangers faced the traveler in those days. And so if he fell down an embankment or into a pit, he was in trouble if he was by himself. But if he traveled in a caravan or he was buddied up, he was better off. That's the point, isn't it? The third benefit, 
is that the friends warm each other against the cold world. Verse 11, again, if two lie together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Now, we might initially think this may be the picture of a husband and wife, all cuddled up in bed, roasty and toasty may be the case. But more than likely, again, we're back to the picture of the traveler. The desert's a cold place at night. And so the picture, again, is of uh, the travelers kind of huddled around a fire, lying body to body, you know, creating a, um, a human shield against the biting wind. If metaphorically, it probably speaks of emotional comfort against a cold and indifferent world. You get the picture. This preaches, doesn't it? It resonates. We understand, hey, two's better than one. You become more protective. You're more protected in the company of other people. In fact, that's the fourth point again. Friends give us cover. They afford us protection. Verse 12, the one may be overpowered by another. Two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. What do we say? There's safety in numbers. There's a danger to traveling alone. Paul in uh, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 26 mentions the fact that he was often in peril of robbers. Like by himself, he was easy picking. Maybe in the company of Titus or Silas or some of his other uh, apostolic friends, well, there was a deterrent in that. There's safety in numbers. I, I grew up in a tough neighborhood outside the city of Belfast in Northern Ireland. And during the height of the troubles, we made sure we never went about by ourselves. You were always in the company of someone else. Maybe a couple of you or two or three of you. It didn't always protect you. I remember one night we were set on by a bigger group than our group. One of my friends was head-butted. I was kicked in the mouth with a broken nose as a result. But most of the time, you felt a lot safer walking those streets in the company of your friends. You had each other's back to some degree. That's the point, isn't it, of this very passage. Life is a team sport. Two is better than one. Three is better than two. In fact, this last sentence and statement at the end of verse 12, we believe to be a proverb. And I I know that some see this as an allusion to the Trinity. Well, I don't think that's in the text. I think that's a reading into the text, not a reading out of the text. We've always got to be on our guard against eisegesis over against exegesis. In exegesis, we read out of the Bible. In eisegesis, we tend to read into the Bible. Let the Bible speak for itself. And I think this is just simply a a, a straightforward statement that if two are better than one, then three is better than two. A threefold cord is not easily broken. The more strands and threads that you weave together, the stronger that cord becomes. That's the point. From God's perspective, life was never meant to be a solo performance. We're all part of the human choir. And as noted earlier, made after the image of a triune God, we must exist in community. We need each other, even though we needle each other. But we do need each other. We need others to become our true selves. The need for someone is the need of everyone. That's just in our DNA. It's part of our human makeup. Loneliness is a devastating, destroying experience for the human being. We know that we use isolation as a weapon against our enemies. Nobody likes to be isolated, alone. Their resolve breaks down. Their strength wanes. Their courage melts. 
because God made us to thrive and survive in the company of other people. And therefore, you and I need to be careful. Don't drink the Kool-Aid of friends or, or, or some self-help guru feeding your ego, telling you that, you know, you're it and you can become it. To blaze your own trail, listen to me, that's the road to nowhere. It's a dead-end street. It's a path to self-destruction. None of us are the whole package. We need family. We need church. We need mentors. We need friends. We need husbands. We need wives. We need mums. We need dads. We need pastors. Two are better than one. In fact, I'll curtail my comments here, but you can trace this whole principle and pattern through the whole of God's Word. I mean, look at the very institution of marriage itself, a gift from God, something that God acknowledged back in Genesis chapter 2. There he sees Adam standing on his tod, all by him, his lonely self. And God says what? Way to go, Adam. Please your own trail, son. Now God says, Adam, it's not good that you're alone. And so God makes for Adam a, a counterpart. Someone of the same nature in essence, but someone different in terms of makeup and calling. And so from man comes woman. And you've got Adam and you've got Eve. And they become one flesh. The two becomes one. And together they become more than they would be apart. That's the gift of marriage. That's not to say that, you know, singleness is second best. It's just to acknowledge that at least one of the paths to productivity and protection in life is a lifelong covenant commitment with another person of the opposite sex. So indeed, as these verses say, hold each other up, feed each other, love each other. We'll excel in that kind of context. God provides Eve for Adam so that the two together, complementing and completing each other, become a better one. You see this pattern also just in the way Jesus uh, sent out his disciples. You see it also in the commissioning of the 72 in Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. They go out two by two, two by two. Jesus knew that together they would accomplish more and last longer. It's a rare thing in the New Testament to find someone ministering by their self. You see it maybe in Acts chapter 8 with Philip the evangelist, but most of the time you'll find the apostles in the company of others because two are better than one. That's true of marriage and it's true of ministry. In fact, when you think of the great names of the Bible, Moses, David, Daniel, Paul, don't forget that alongside Moses you had Joshua, Alongside David, you had Jonathan. Alongside Daniel, you had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Alongside Paul, you had Silas and Barnabas and Titus. Paul was often emboldened, made more courageous, cheered up by the various visits of his friends. If you actually go to um, 2 Timothy, it's his last letter. There he is, somewhat alone. Many have deserted him at his trial. What does he say to look? come before winter. I'd like to see you, Luke. You'd be good for me, Luke. Just come and see me. And then finally, just reinforcing this whole thought that life is a team sport, that you can only become your true self in the company of other people. You've got the analogy of the body of Christ itself. Paul's favorite analogy for the church is what? The body. 
1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, when you and I were saved, we were uh, automatically baptized by the Spirit into the one body. When we united ourselves to Jesus Christ, we were united to everybody else united to Jesus Christ. That's why you have this funny thing that goes on. When you meet a Christian for the first time, there's an affinity that's unnatural. It's supernatural. Travel the world, and you've got instant friendships in Christians. Because, you see, we're part of a body. And the church is more effective and efficient when each individual member sees themselves in relationship to one another just as a body is made up of many individuals. You and I need to give place to friendships. You and I need to give our best time, thought, and energy to the develop of enriching relationships in our life with our spouse, with our children, with our neighbors, within the body of Christ. That's what life is about. Life is a team sport. You are listening to Know the Truth in a message from Philip DeCourcy called Only the Lonely. We'll hear the final portion from our study in Ecclesiastes when we come back next time. Or you can hear all seven parts when you download the audio files for free. They're available online at ktt.org. It's our pleasure to supply these daily programs free of charge online and on the radio, and we all get used to receiving radio and web content for free. But, Philip, there is a significant cost to producing a quality broadcast like Know the Truth. That's right, Wayne. Uh, Our ministry comes with a a price tag. Our, Our materials are free to others, but not free to us. And I think it's good to remind our listeners that that's the case. Sometimes we forget that we have to pay for the airtime on the radio stations. We've got materials we need to purchase uh, for the producing of the messages. And so um, that's just a reality we face day in and day out. And that's why we're grateful for those who have already come alongside us financially and invested in this ministry, a ministry that's changing lives. And you can't put a price tag win on the worth of a soul. In fact, uh, we just heard recently from a lady named... uh, Christine, which is not her real name, who called us to tell us that uh, she received Christ five months ago after listening to Know the Truth in Secret. Uh, She said this, My husband and I are Jehovah Witnesses, but having heard the gospel through Know the Truth, I'm now a Christian. I listen every day in secret because my husband does not know I am a Christian. Please pray for me to not be afraid to tell him. And we do need to pray for Christine and others like her, that they'd be strengthened in their faith and that God would continue to use this broadcast to bring people to faith in Jesus Christ and help them grow up in Him. And so we're making an eternal difference, and your investment in our ministry will make an eternal difference too. So I'm going to challenge our listeners today to consider signing up to support Know the Truth. And the way you can do that is through our Truth Ambassador program, where you sign up to give on a monthly basis. That allows us to build on a solid financial foundation for the future. It allows us to continue to expand from city to city across America because we exist to teach and preach the free gift of eternal life through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to offer that gospel for free by investing in our ministry, and we'll be deeply thankful. And those whose lives are being changed are more than thankful also. Yes, thank you, Philip. I know many people are thankful to have access to the daily Bible teaching here on Know the Truth. And we hope you've been encouraged by Philip to begin your support today. 
You can start your monthly donation at $25, $50, even $100. And when you become one of our faithful partners, you'll also gain access to our Accord newsletter, a monthly live video devotional from Philip, and much more. So call us at 888-644-8811 or sign up to become a monthly partner online at ktt.org. And you can also write to us at Know the Truth, Post Office Box 30250, Anaheim Hills, California, 92809. But whether you sign up to give monthly or make a one-time donation today, we'll say thanks by sending you a resource Philip hardly recommends. It's the book titled Trusting God by Jerry Bridges. When we learn to trust God, we can put striving and worry to rest. Again, call in your gift to 888-644-8811 or donate online at ktt.org. And thank you for your generous support. That's all the time we have today. Join us again Wednesday here on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. An exciting new book from Regnery looks at the power of love and intimacy from a godly perspective. It's called Love and Sex, A Christian Guide to Healthy Intimacy. Sex is powerful. Just saying the word can stir up all kinds of emotions inside people. Maybe it's a positive emotion for you or a hurtful, shameful, confusing one. It's no wonder we humans struggle to understand its meaning and purpose. Hi, I'm Nancy Houston, a sex therapist, leadership coach, and licensed professional counselor. After counseling hundreds of clients about the topic of intimacy, I decided to write Love and Sex, a Christian guide to healthy intimacy. Love and Sex is filled with life-changing, compelling stories to help us all reconnect to love and is biblically based on the truths of God's Word. Get your copy now of best-selling author Nancy Houston's compelling new book, Love and Sex, a Christian guide to healthy intimacy. Available now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.